a blessed day. I really mean that, a blessed day for you. And a blessed week. And I pray our wonderful Lord will bless you in a glorious way this week. I have a powerful teaching. How to keep your heart with all diligence. You know, the Bible tells us, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And I want to talk to you about how do you do that? How do we keep our heart with diligence? Wonderful Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love and grace. Thank you for your mercy. Oh, wonderful Redeemer. To you be all the praise, all majesty, all glory. Touch your people, Lord, today in a wonderful, glorious way. Let this be a great week for every one of us, in Jesus' name. And God's wonderful people said amen, and thank you for being my wonderful family, my partner. Thank you for joining hearts with me so we can get the message of of the gospel to the world and God's precious word to his people to strengthen them in the faith. You know, I have two desires before God takes me home, to strengthen the church and win souls. That's it. Let's strengthen God's people and win the lost. To Jesus be the praise. All right, let's go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, 23. So it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. For you and myself to be physically strong and healthy, We have to do two things. We have to eat good food and we have to exercise in the physical world. We have to walk, do something, you know, be active so we can stay healthy. Good food and good exercise. Well, it's the same in the spirit. It's the same in the spirit. When we receive the word of God and we act upon it, that's what keeps our heart with all diligence. But there's more to it that the Bible talks about. You know, God has given you and I... a great duty, uh, which really has, he, he has assigned to us. He has assigned to us. He's the one who enables us, but it's our duty to do it. It's our duty. So the heart in our physical body is the center. It's the fountain of life. So it's the same spiritually. Just think about when God says, keep your heart with all diligence, he's talking about your, your inner being. Uh, so we, 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 we have to protect it because if we don't protect it, it will be poisoned by the world, by the things of the world, no different than if we don't pro- pro- protect our physical heart, it will also be poisoned. And, and you know what, ha- what, what, what happens when people ignore the uh, health of their heart. But I think i like to take you to a portion um, Let's just go to first here. I'm having a little <laughs> a little situation here with my notes. Okay, let's go together to First Peter three. In First Peter three, we have a very, I think, important portion here. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. Peter calls that inner being the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. Wow. So you and I have to look at our heart as that inner man of the heart, the Bible calls him, the spirit of man. 
uh, and there's so much that that the Bible tells us. Uh, let's go to First John. First John. I want to read First John. I want to read uh, chapter five and verse twenty-one with you. But before I read that, uh, that which controls our heart, whatever controls our heart, gives us the character for all we do in life. What, whatever controls our heart creates the character in us, gives us the character for all we do, literally. So think about this, that God enables us with his power. He gives us the means. But it's our duty, it's our job to keep our hearts with all diligence. God will not do that for us. God gives the heart to us, but we keep it. It's very, very important what I just said. So it's, it's important that we shut out from it everything that opposes the Lord. So the first thing we have to do is keep the world out. Keep everything that opposes God out of our hearts. Uh, in 1 John 5, 21, it says, Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Keep yourselves from idolatry. Because that's what runs the world today, covetousness and idolatry. So Paul, uh, Paul makes a very uh, powerful statement in 1 Corinthians 6, this is the first time I bring this message ever because I've, I've just been feeling so that I need to really bring this message to you. We all need it. God says, keep your heart with all diligence. Out of it comes the very issues of life. And how do we do that? You know, it's taken me a long time to come to the conclusion that I'm going to share with you today on how to keep your heart. But let's look, let's look at 1 Corinthians 6.12. Paul says, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient, or all things are not helpful. They don't help us. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. There are many things in this life we should not let near us. We have to protect our hearts from those things, and we have to do it every single day that we live, because this is so, so important. You know that uh, a very small object placed before our eyes can keep the light from shining, the light of the sun from shining. So think about it takes only a small uh, uh, object, something very small just over your eyes, and what happens? The light stops. The light is not shining through you. It's not because now we have, we have darkness. I think it's the same in the spirit. It takes a small object to keep the light of God out. Think about what, what, what I'm saying. This is so important. Uh, David understood that because he said in Psalm 101, look at Psalm 101. I'm going to read verse 3 and 4. Very powerful verses if you put them together. He said, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. So a, a, a relationship with an individual, 
who's walking away from God can block the light of God from touching your life. If they're close to you, if these people are close to you. So David says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It will not cleave to me. So if you allow people coming near you who are not living for God, it's like blocking the light. Think about what, what I'm saying. We want the light of God to shine in, into our life, into our hearts. But if we allow those objects or people or things, whatever, to block the light of God from coming our way, we, we don't need them. And that's what Paul meant when, when he said, you know, everything is lawful to me, but it's not going to help me. I can do it if I want to, but why should I? It's going it's, it's to harm me. It may look innocent, but it really isn't. And sometimes we think, well, you know, I want to just be a witness. One sinner destroys much good, the Bible says. Just one sinner destroys much good in your life. Don't allow those people near you. You're not known by the people you, you surround yourself with. You are known by the people you avoid. I'm going to say it again. We are not known by the people we're, we're surrounded with. We are known by the people we avoid. Don't get near them. Don't let them get near you. They, they'll block the light of God, the light of God from touching your life. And so David says, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I won't let anyone who's walked away from God near me. And then he says this, a forward heart, and that word means a perverse heart, shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Because if you, if people allow wicked persons um, near them, they will perverse their hearts. He says, a, a perverse heart will depart from me when I will not allow a wicked person near me. Isn't that powerful? A perverse heart will depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. So a wicked person coming near you can give you and give anyone a wicked heart, a perverse heart. Because one sinner destroys much good. The Bible tells us that. So we keep our hearts by keeping people away who are not godly. We don't fellowship with them. Now, God has a lot to say about this. Uh, I want to show you something that maybe you hadn't thought about. Let's go to Jeremiah uh, 17. Jeremiah 17. I'm going to read verse 9. Now, you probably know this, this by heart, but you know I want to read it. It says, The heart is deceitful, above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? But what does that mean? It means before salvation, not after salvation. So before you and I were saved, our hearts were deceitful above all things. Our hearts were wicked. But God gave us a new heart. Remember that? So we have a new heart that God has given us, and God wants us to protect the new heart, not the old one. The, the old one could not be protected. The old one is deceitful above all things. The old one is desperately wicked. That's that old nature, the old nature. But God gave us a new heart. And that's what we have to work on. Uh, Ezekiel 36, because see, this is so important. People don't really realize that even though God gave us a new heart, we keep it. We are the ones that are to keep it. 
A new heart, Ezekiel 36, 26, a new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. It already happened with us at salvation. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Now, okay, so God has given us a new heart. What do we do with it? Well, it's our duty to keep it. We need to exercise it constantly. We need to watch over it continually. We need to be spiritually minded all the time to protect it. So Paul says that if we're spiritually minded, we're going to have life and peace, life and peace. Well, to be spiritually minded uh, is, is our duty. So how do I stay, how do you and I stay spiritually minded so we can be uh, in a place where we can protect our heart with all diligence? Well, I think the, the answer is in Colossians, and that's Colossians 3. And, and let's, you know, let's pay attention to what Paul says here. He said, set your affection Set your mind, that word affection in Colossians is the Greek word mind. Set your mind on things above, not on the things on earth. Wow. Set your mind on things that are heavenly, not on the things of the earth. So we need to keep striving. We have to keep our hearts uh, pure and to keep your heart means striving to bring it into conformity into conformity with the word of god when you bring your heart into conformity with the word of god then things are going to become really good for you and you'll be able to keep all the impurities out of your heart god did not command us to keep our nature our nature must be crucified. The old nature must be crucified. God commands us to keep our, our heart. That's really the only duty, frankly, the big headline of the Christian life. Keep your heart, and God will do the rest. He gives us a heart. He says, you keep it. And today I'm just showing you on how to keep it. Uh, Revelation 3.3 says, hold fast that which you have received and that which you've heard. Hold it. Keep it. What God put in you, hold it, keep it. Because what God is looking for in our hearts, David knew that when he wrote in Psalm 51, verse 6, something powerful. He said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. You desire your truth to be in my heart, Lord. As long as your truth is in my heart, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be okay. I'm going to make it. I'm going to succeed and be victorious. And in the hidden part, you'll make me to know wisdom. So what is God desiring? Truth in our life. Because if we don't keep the truth in our hearts, and if we don't hear the truth and keep the truth properly, we will lose with God. Jesus made a most remarkable statement that 
Years ago, I, I did not fully understand it. And that's in Luke 8, 18. In Luke 8, 18, he makes a very, very powerful uh, command, gives us something real to think about. He said, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. For whoever hath, to him shall be given. Whoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that which he seems to have. But the command is, take heed how you listen. Pay attention to what you're listening to. Take heed thereof how you hear. Because sometimes we think we're hearing what God wants us to hear, but it's not the Lord speaking. It's not really based on his word. Or someone will say something and we believe that they had heard from God, but they haven't. It will pollute our hearts. I've seen many, many lives ruined by trusting in what men say to them, that God told them to tell them, rather than what God is speaking through his word. Safety is, is found when the truth of God's word is in our heart, not what we think is truth, not what someone tells us is truth, Let's find the truth for ourselves and keep it. Find the truth for yourself and keep it. And the only way to find it, through scripture, not through what someone is preaching or teaching or saying to you that they heard something from God. If it's not based on scripture, don't even accept it. Don't even believe it. If it's not in the, in the Bible, ignore it. Even if someone is very gifted who's preaching. Look, I used to hear a Catholic woman say something all the time, and I say the same thing. If I say one thing, and the Bible says something different, the Bible is right and I'm wrong. Shall I say it again? If I say something, and the Bible says something else, the Bible is right and I'm wrong. So whatever I say to you, if it's not in the Bible, forget it dismiss it, then I am wrong because God is always right. The Bible is always right. I love that, don't you? So let's find the truth for ourselves. You know, I used to believe things I no longer believe. When, when I was young, I did not know the Bible like I know it today. And today, I want my life to be conformed to the scriptures, to the word of God. That's how I can keep my own heart and protect it from impurities, from the world, from sin out there. Now, let's go together to James 4, to James 4. Now, I'm going to continue tomorrow because I want to show you so much more. This is not a message just that I can minister one time because there's so much in it. I got to take my time to talk about it with you, to help you. James 4, verse 8, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You cannot do that if you're away from the Lord. It says, draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Then you can cleanse your hands, and then you can purify your heart. You cannot purify your heart if you're away from the Lord, if you're not spending time in his presence. His presence enables us to live the life his presence, his word comes in with force when his presence is real. You know, I can read the Bible 
and still be blessed. But when I spend time with God and then read the Bible, it's like my eyes open. It's like scales come off my eyes and I see the word more clearly, more beautifully because I've been talking to the Lord. I've been in his presence. So draw nigh to God. He'll draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. Well, you can't clean your hands if you're away from the Lord, if you're not in his presence. And then it says purify your, your heart. So the only way to purify our heart is when we're in the presence of God. Now watch what Peter says. Because Peter gives us an additional answer on how to purify our hearts. So he says in 1 Peter 1, 22, it says this. Wow, I love this. Seeing you have purified your heart or your soul here, but it's the same thing, in obeying the truth through the Spirit. Wow. So we purify our hearts when we obey the word through the Spirit of God. We can't obey the Bible in the flesh on uh, using our own effort and, and self-will. It's impossible. We literally have to depend on the Holy Spirit to help us live a life of, of obedience. And that is where spending time in the presence of God comes in. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Sincere love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart. It happens when we obey the truth. The word of God. Remember what what David said, that God desires truth in the inward part. And that's where we're, we're going to know his wisdom. And when we, when we have the, the, the truth of God in our hearts and we obey through the spirit, then we can purify our hearts. One final thought I want to share with you, and that's in, in Luke, and I'm going to continue uh, with you tomorrow because th- th- this is so, so much here to talk about. Jesus is talking about the seed and the soil. Remember that in Luke 8, and in verse 5, the Lord starts saying how a sower went to sow, and some seed fell on the wayside. And then some seed fell on the rock, and some seed fell among thorns, and some on good ground. And then he said something very, very, very powerful. When they said to to the Lord, explain what you said, in verse 11, he says, the seed is the word, and those by the wayside are they that hear. Then comes the devil and steals away what they heard. They on the rock are they which when they have when they have heard it, they receive the word with joy. But then because there's no depth and temptation comes, they fall away. And then you have this third group where the seed fell among thorns, which again are the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and they bring no fruit. But on the good ground are they which with an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep the word. And that's what the Lord said earlier, remember? He said, pay attention how you hear. Be careful how you're listening. So when you hear it right from the scriptures, from the Lord himself, not from somebody else, and you keep the word, you will bring forth fruit with patience. All right, now I'm going to stop here and I'm going to continue tomorrow because I want to show you something really so powerful. It'll be more powerful tomorrow than even today. 
Because to be honest with you, I'm just starting, and we've got to take this really easy because this has to do with a matter of life and death. Okay? Out of it are the issues of life. We don't want to, we don't want to lose the life God has put in us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. You will enable everyone listening and show them, Lord, how to keep their heart with all diligence. Let this be, Lord, something will burn and will burn in us every day to do it right. In the name of Jesus, we give you the praise. Years ago, I was on a boat. And as we were leaving the harbor, we heard a, something like a noise, like a crack. We went fishing in the Atlantic, 40 miles in, everything in me knew, get back to shore. And I demanded that and there was more people in that boat, with my, my family and a friend, and I said, we gotta go back, we gotta go back, and they all began mocking me like I lost my mind. Finally, the man that owned the boat said, we need to listen to Benny, why he's, he's demanding we go back. We went back, and an hour later, I got a phone call, after we had gotten back, an hour later, the man who owns the boat said, how did you know? I said, what happened? He said, the, the boat went underwater an hour after we had come. We had come back. Had we stayed in that ocean, we would have drowned. And I think the Christian life has a leak in it. All of us have a little crack, and the world wants to come into that crack. And we need to have a bucket continually getting that water out, or we will sink. Because the world is always coming at us coming at us, and we all have weaknesses, and they try to come through that weakness in our life, just like that, that crack in the boat. We need a bucket to get the water out for the rest of our life so we don't sink. That's hard work, and keeping our hearts is hard work, because there are all kinds of things trying to get in, the pollution of the world trying to get in. We need to keep our hearts cleansed, Keep those things out of us. Don't let them pile up and then we sink and we drown with it. Please, sweet people of God, hear me out. Keep your heart with all diligence, not just some diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. That means we pay attention all the time. Father, protect each one that's listening. You're able to keep us pure and clean and holy for the rest of our life that we might be pleasing unto you. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Please don't, don't miss tomorrow. It's a very important teaching. And I'll tell you, it's even more important than the one I just gave today because I want to get into the deep things of the word tomorrow. So please, please, please don't, don't miss it and share it. Share these teachings with other people. It's time to give right now. Yes, it is important to give to the Lord's work. It's his command. Jesus said, give, it shall be given unto you. Paul the apostle wrote how important it, it is to sow because in due time we will reap. And it's, it's, it's God's command to you and me that we must sow seed into his work so God can, can continue to bless us. The gospel is free, but the means to deliver it is very expensive, very expensive. I want to keep coming to you every single day, ministering the word, but help me do it, will you? Help me keep doing what God has called me to do. But also when you give, you are the one who will be blessed 
repeatedly God will reward you. Father, speak to them. And Lord, bless them and reward them and increase them financially, financially, as they sow into your blessed work. The word declares, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, meet every need financially, I pray. You see that burden on that, that heart, Lord. They, they, they need a breakthrough. They need a miracle. They, they need an answer for their business or their life or their needs. Natural needs, Lord, meet them, I pray. There's nothing impossible with you. I give you the praise. When you give God that seed, he'll work with it. So give God something to use. Give him something to use. So he can touch it, he can bless it, he can multiply it and give it back to you. I know you know that, but it's good to be reminded that we need to give God something to use to bless it and give it back to us multiplied. So if you want to see prosperity, give him your, your seed. Let him bless it. Let him multiply it. And then he'll give it back to you, multiply it. That's the way it just works. Just like any farmer knows about seed time and harvest. Do it today. You can sow your seed on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benihin.org. Or you can simply text BHM45777. And thank you for being my wonderful family and partner. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.